Hey, if you are just joining us right now and you're tuning in and you're new to church generally, let me tell you today, we are so thrilled that you're here. Maybe you're coming in from a different religious background or no background at all. Maybe it's been years, even decades since you last had anything to do with the church. We are so thrilled that you're here. And we hope that you find that Thrive Church is a safe place for you, a place where you can be yourself, a place where you can find some hope and some encouragement to help you start this brand new week. And if we can do anything for you at all, if we can you know, assist you in any way, any questions you have, you can always email us at info at thrivechurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you. A big welcome from all of us here at Thrive. Well, we're doing a series here at Thrive right now. It's called New Heart, New Horizons. In fact, it's not just the name of our current series. It also happens to be the theme for our whole year of 2022, New Heart, New Horizons, because we believe that God is a God of new horizons, that God is a God who doesn't want us to stay the same and be stuck in the same ruts and be living in the past, but he wants us to be people who grow, who move forward, who aren't stuck, but who find ways to experience new horizons with him. And this is the thing. How many know that if you want to fully experience the new horizons that God has for your life, it often begins with a new heart. That's because the condition of your heart impacts the reach of your horizon. And so how do you get a new heart for a new horizon? That's what we're talking about in the series called New Heart, New Horizons. And as we get ready to begin a brand new series called The Art of Healthy Relating next week, today is the final episode of this series, although we're going to keep coming back to this theme, New Heart, New Horizons, because it's our theme for the new year. But here to bring us uh, the final episode of this part of the series, New Heart, New Horizons, we are here and extremely blessed to have Pastor Bon Marisigan. Pastor Bon Marisigan has such an important role in our church family because when our church uh, was looking for a home, many, many years ago, about 10 years ago, Pastor Bon, uh, you know, he was pastoring uh, an awesome church and they opened up their doors to us so that we could have a home. And though we're no longer there now, uh, the fact is we will always be thankful uh, for the difference that Pastor Bon made in our lives. We don't know where we'd be without him. Uh, and so we're so thankful for him. How many of us know that the church is not the building, the church is the people, amen? But every family needs a home, and we're so thankful for the way that Pastor Bond extended uh, you know, the doors of his home to us, the, the, the place that we got to meet for many, many years. And praise God, here's believing that God is protecting us and preparing us for something even greater uh, and the best yet to come. And so we are just so incredibly thankful to have Pastor Bond Marisigan here with us once again. Can we give him a big thrive welcome today as he brings the message to us today? Praise God. So good to have him here. Thanks so much, Pastor Bond. Well, thank you, Pastor JV, for that very warm welcome. And I can truly say from the bottom of my heart, every time I'm here, it just gives me a great pleasure and joy just being with the Thrive Church family. So Happy New Year, Thrive Church. I hope you all had a great time with your families. And more importantly, I hope you were able to reflect on the birth and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the title of our message today, our message today is in line with the church's series on New Heart, New Horizons. And the title specifically for today's message is, How Does Your Heart Beat? My two grandkids spent eight days with us during the Christmas season. And whenever our grandkids are over at our house, we have lots and lots of fun because they're very hyperactive and they love to play with grandma and grandpa. They love to interact with us. Now, during their stay, I did a lot of things with the whole family, but more so with my three-year-old grandson named Noah because he just loves playing every sport there is invented by man. But 
being the half Filipino that he is, I'm not surprised that his favorite sport is basketball. And he actually has many basketball hoops set up in our house. And there's one particular one inside the house which is set up on the door of uh, one of our bedrooms. And, you know, I get so exhausted, but at the same time, I have a lot of fun lifting him up in the air so that he could dunk the basketball. And I'm not kidding when I say that we did this every day for 30 minutes nonstop. We would try every dunk there is imaginable. And so, yeah, it's, it's a great moment for both of us. Noah is at the age where he's very receptive to learning new things. And one of the things that I actually had him do was listen to my heartbeat. And, you know, this actually happened even before I knew that I was going to teach in today's service. So Noah obviously had to press his ear against my chest in order for him to hear my heartbeat. So he did that, and, he, and I asked him, so how does my heart sound? Bapa, which is what he calls me, he said, it sounds like this. Dick, 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 dick. And then I turned to him and said, now can I listen to your heart? And so I did, and I told Noah, this is how your heart sounds. Dick, 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 dick. So the heart rate of a three-year-old toddler is much, much higher than that of an adult. So Noah's heartbeat was around 110, while mine was at around 80 beats per minute. Now the word heart is mentioned in the King James Bible 762 times, and in almost all instances, it does not refer to the physical heart, which is the human organ that pumps blood throughout the body. When the Bible mentions the word heart, it refers to the spiritual part of us, where our emotions and desires dwell. The Bible considers the heart to be the center of our human personality. It is the core of our being. The heart produces things that we normally would attribute to the mind. And the Bible tells us that grief, joy, desires, our thoughts, our reasoning, our faith are all products of the heart. Jesus also tells us that the heart is a storehouse for good and evil, and everything that comes out of our mouths come from the heart. Our main verses for today uh, come from the book of Ezekiel. So if you could please turn with me to your Bibles, Ezekiel chapter 11, verses 19 to 20. If you don't have your Bibles, that's okay. Just look uh, at the screen. And um, wherever you are, let us together read Ezekiel 11, verses 19 to 20. And I will give them singleness of heart and put a new spirit within them. I will take away their stony, stubborn heart and give them a tender, responsive heart so they will obey my decrees and regulations. Then they will truly be my people and I will be their God. This is God speaking to the Israelites in the Old Testament and it is a prophecy that will be fulfilled in the millennial, millennial kingdom of Christ when the Israelites will be restored to faith and Jesus will rule from Jerusalem. However, we can take away principles that we can apply today. Why? Because God's word is always relevant. Can everybody say God's word is always relevant? If you believe that, say amen. We read, we read Ezekiel 11, but in Ezekiel 36, God said that he would also give us a new heart. In order for us to really understand 
the kind of heart that God wants us to have, we must first see or learn or understand the kind of heart that God has. So our objective for this morning is to learn how to know God's heart and then learn what it means to have the heart of someone who truly knows the heart of God. So how do we get to know God's heart? Well, just like us, God has a heart. The Bible says that we were created in the image of? We were created in the image of God. The Bible says that we have a heart because God has a heart. It is important to know God's heart because in doing so, we will get to know, we will get to learn his thoughts, his desires, his will, his purpose, his, his feelings, his nature, his character. By getting to know God's heart, we will get to know who God is. So, we get to know God's heart by reading and studying the Bible. Because the Bible is God's word, and the God's word is God himself. That's what it says in John chapter 1, verse 10, or 14. Who God is, is revealed in the pages of scripture, whether it is in the Old Testament or the New Testament. You know, a lot of famous people write books about themselves, and we call them autobiographies. So if you Google, if you Google um, autobiographies, it would say that the most recommended or the best-selling ones are ones written by Nelson Mandela or Betty White, who recently passed. There's Benjamin Franklin, Michelle Obama, Barack Obama, and many more. I'm sure there's lots of things that we can pick up from their lives, but church, let us not forget why or the reason why the Bible has always been the most read book of all time. The Bible is the only book of divine origin. It was written over a period of 1,500 years. It was written by more than 40 people. But because the main author is God, can everybody say this is God's autobiography? God is the main author. Therefore, the Bible is accurate. It is inerrant. It is infallible, meaning it is trustworthy. It tells us how to be saved. It tells us how to live a life of abundance. It gives us hope. It tells us about the past. And it also gives us an accurate picture of the future. We all know that Jesus came into this world to suffer and die on the cross to take away the punishment, the penalty for our sins upon himself. But Jesus came into this world for us to get to know him. And by getting to know Jesus, we will also get to know the Father because Jesus said that he and the Father are one. John chapter 10, verse 30. Now, one of the names of Jesus is Emmanuel, which means, can everybody say, God with us? God is certainly with us. And as a result of Jesus having lived in this world for 33 years, his life and teachings and everything that we need to know about God are written down in the pages of Scripture. So we knew who God is, and we would be wise to learn everything there is to know about our Jesus. Can everybody say, my heart's desire is to learn everything about my Jesus. Prayer is another way for us to learn about the heart of God. Prayer is talking with God. We can talk to God at any time of the day. And Jesus did this. He would talk to the Father in the middle of his very busy day. This is a good practice to have in our lives. But we also need to set aside a time where we intentionally 
be with the Father one-on-one. -on -one. We need some alone time with God. But Pastor Bon, my life is so busy. I'm sure it is, but so was the life of Jesus. The Bible tells us that Jesus would get up early in the morning in order to pray. And then after his one-on-one -on -one alone time with the Father, his very long busy day would begin. Jesus would spend the whole day teaching his disciples. He would spend time with the people. He would teach them. He would heal them. He would feed them. He would spend time with ordinary people, with the sinners, the tax collectors, and the prostitutes. He wanted these people to get to know him better by being close to him. And then at the end of the very long day, one would think that Jesus would have dinner and then go straight to bed so that he would be well rested for the next day of full-time ministry. But this is not what Jesus did. The Bible tells us that at the end of a very long day, Jesus would isolate himself and spend time in prayer with the Father. Church, the bottom line is that in order for us to know God's heart, we need to spend time with God. We need to be intimate with him. We need to get to know everything there is about him. It really is no different from when it comes to people whom we love. We get to know them and their hearts by spending time with them, by being close to them, by living life with them, by telling them our thoughts, our feelings, and by listening to their thoughts and their feelings. On the next slide is a picture of me and my grandson, Noah. In order for my grandson, Noah, to hear my heart, he had to draw near to me. And he had to put his ear right up against my chest. Now, this right here is a picture, a perfect picture of closeness and intimacy. There is no doubt that this was a very prescient precious moment for me. By the way, Noah is a boy. He, they just haven't cut his hair since, since he was born. But it's nice, light, golden brown, and very curly at the end. So I don't blame their parents for not cutting his hair. <laughs> so God said in James chapter 4, verse 8, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. This is both an invitation and a promise. When Noah pressed his ear against my chest, that brought me great joy. Imagine how much joy the Father feels when we intentionally spend time with Him in prayer. When we talk to Him. Not just for our needs, but to be with Him. To praise Him. To worship Him for who He is. Those were precious moments for God. And then when we draw close to Him, the promise in James 4 is that He will draw close to us. He will forgive us of our sins if we ask for forgiveness. And we will get to know him better. And we will no doubt be taken care of by God. Because that is what any loving father would do. He would provide for the cares and the needs of his children. If you believe that, say amen. amen. Church, learning about God's heart and who he is comes down to this one simple basic truth. Read your Bibles and pray every day. Can if you agree with that, say amen. 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 It can, can't get any simpler than that. Now, once we know God's heart, this should cause our hearts to be aligned with God's heart. It should uh, cause us to uh, be able to see the world around us in 
through the eyes of Jesus. It should cause us to respond in a way to people and the circumstances, the situations that are around us and in this world in the way that Jesus would respond. It should affect the way we make decisions in our lives. And in general, it should, go, it should uh, affect the way we go about living our lives as God's people. So what does it mean to have the heart of someone who truly knows the heart of God? Well, before we became born again, we had hearts that were sin-centered or sin-focused. And it was impossible to please God because our hearts were focused on the world, the things of the flesh. There's greed. There's... Um, selfishness, and sin in general. And according to Isaiah 59, verse 2, sin separates, separates us from God, therefore making it impossible for us to please God. However, when we accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord, Jesus gave us a new heart and a new spirit. The kind of heart that God gives to the new believer is a heart of flesh that is tender, receptive, and responsive to the things of God. But the reality as, is that as born-again believers, we have the choice because we still have our free will that God has not taken away from us. So we have the choice to allow or not allow the Holy Spirit to change our hearts into the heart of flesh that he wants us to have. And it is our choice to allow or not allow the Holy Spirit to transform our lives into more and more into the image of Christ. The choice is up to us. Can everybody say, the choice is up to me. And I will choose God. If you mean that, say amen. As I said earlier, being close and intimate with God allows us to know more and more about God's heart and his nature and his character. So let us talk about some of God's characteristics. Well, we know that God is our provider and the creator and the owner of all things. Amen? One of my grandson's obsession at this age, other than basketball, is the solar system. And I am relearning everything there is to know about the solar system. And today, I look at the solar system differently than I did when I was in elementary school. When I was a child, like Noah today, I would make every effort to memorize everything about the solar system. But today as a believer, I look at the solar system very differently. I, when I was watching a video on YouTube with Noah two weeks ago, I said to myself, wow, God, you made all this? Wow, God, you, made all, you make all the planets go around the sun in an orbit, and yet these planets do not collide with each other? Wow, God, if the earth were any closer to the sun, we would burn. And if the earth were any further from, away from the sun, we would freeze. But God, you put the earth just the right distance so that we can live. God is good? Amen. God is good. The solar system and all of creation <clears throat> should cause us to be humble because none of us has the power to do what God can do. We need to be humble because we own nothing. Psalm chapter 50 says that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And the whole world is his and everything in it. 
And every blessing that we have in this life, every talent and every opportunity that comes into our life is not a result of us. It is a result of whose we are. John chapter 3 verse 27 says, A person receives only what is given them from heaven above. Can everybody say, it is all because of God. Can you say amen? So, our heart should always be grateful and thankful and dependent on God for all that we have and all that we need. Next up, we know that God is our healer. When a little child is sick, say a toddler like Noah, that child will not call 911. That child will not ask for medicine. That child will not ask for a doctor. That child will call either mommy or daddy. So we need to have the heart of a child. We need to have that childlike faith to call out to God first for our healing. This pandemic has caused many to put their hope in medicine and doctors. I have nothing against them. I believe that God uses them. But like David said in Psalm chapter 20, verse 7, some trust in horse chariots and others in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord. And we can safely substitute chariots and horses and put it like this. Some put their trust in Pfizer and others in Moderna, but we trust in the name of the Lord. Amen? Why? Because God is our Jehovah Rapha. He is our healer, the God who heals. And like we said earlier, everything is within his control. He is sovereign. Jesus is the Alpha and Omega. Alpha is the first letter, while Omega is the last letter in the Greek alphabet. Can everybody say Greek alphabet? The names of Jesus, Alpha and Omega, have always been in my heart during this pandemic. As you all know, all the COVID-19 variants have been given names after Greek alphabet letters. So there's Delta, there's Lambda, and today we have Omicron. How does this impact me? Well, it makes me realize that none of these viruses are more powerful than Jesus. Jesus is the Alpha and Omega. He is the beginning and the end. This is equivalent to saying that God always existed and will always exist. We cannot say that about this COVID-19 variants or anything else in this world. Only Jesus is the beginning and the end. If you agree with that, say amen. amen. Everything starts and everything ends with him, including my fate, your fate, my life, and your life. God brought us into this world. And when my life here on earth is over, I know in my heart without a doubt that I will end up with my Jesus. And that is really all that matters. Can everybody say the best is yet to come? If you believe that, shout amen. amen. Man, we know that God is loving, merciful, and compassionate towards the lost. And we can see this in these attributes of God in John 3.16. I believe we sang this in our first song, which says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, Jesus Christ, that whoever believes in him shall not perish in hell, but shall have eternal life in heaven. But let us not forget what verse 17 of John 3 says. It says, For God did not send his son into this world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. In case you haven't noticed, the world is continuing to 
move further and further away from the moral and biblical principles that most countries were founded on. Today, the world has become more progressive. Today, it seems acceptable to do whatever people feel like doing just as long as no one gets hurt. This is the world that we live in today. And as followers of Jesus, we just shake our heads and wonder why in the world these things are happening. But the Bible says that all these are things are necessary. They will happen in the last days. The last days uh, refers to the season immediately before the rapture, which is when Jesus Christ will come down from heaven and those of us who are in Christ, dead or alive, will meet Christ in the air and then we shall be with Christ in heaven forever and ever. How many of you are looking forward to the rapture? Say amen. 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 And then once the church is removed from this earth, the seven-year tribulation period, also known as the apocalypse, will begin. And this will be the time of the greatest outpouring of God's judgment upon this world. But, listen, it will also be the time where God will pour out the greatest evangelism and salvation to the world. So, with all these necessary things take place today, and unfortunately, I witness a lot of Christians being judgmental and speaking harshly towards those who are caught in a sinful lifestyle. Remember John 3.17, Jesus did not condemn the world, but he, did, he came to save the world through him. Because Jesus has a heart of compassion, he did not condemn the woman who was caught in the act of adultery. Jesus had a heart of compassion towards her. The response of Jesus allowed this woman not to be stoned to death. Jesus also responded by forgiving the woman of her sins, and he told her to go and sin no more. Church, Jesus did not come to judge, but rather to seek and save the lost. This is God's heart that no one perish, and we need to have the same kind of heart. If we have family or friends who are caught in a sinful lifestyle, we should not respond by being judgmental. We should not be uh, responding as if uh, we have like this holier-than-thou attitude, as if we have never sinned ourselves. This kind of attitude will just cause people to hate Christians, and it will push people further away from God. We don't want that, do we? Instead, like Jesus, we need to seek the lost, and then we need to communicate them in the same gentle way that Jesus did. There's a lot of things that we can learn by studying our Bibles, how Jesus responded to the lost and how he cares about everyone, especially the lost. Jesus has a compassionate heart towards sinners. And he hang out with them, not because he approved of their sins. Jesus did not in any way participate or encourage people to continue sinning. Jesus hang out with them so that he would allow the people to get to know him. And in the end, he would give them the opportunity to go and sin no more. As part of God's army, we need to fulfill our marching orders, also known as the Great Commission. And it requires us to be active and bold in sharing the good news and offering the lost with the opportunity to receive Jesus into their lives. If we have God's heart, we would obey the Great Commission. On the next slide, I want to share with you my prayer closet. It is 
in front of the fireplace in our family room. And I pray 6.30 in the morning almost every day. That is my prayer closet. Sometimes it would be my car. But for the most part, this is my prayer closet. And when I'm sitting in front of the fireplace, you know, I'm always reminded of the Apostle Peter. On the night that Jesus Christ was arrested, Peter was in the courtyard just outside the house of the high priest Caiaphas. And I visited that courtyard in Israel two years ago. And in the house of Caiaphas, in the dungeon, there is a dungeon where uh, people believe is where Jesus was kept while he was under arrest. But Peter sat in front of a fire along with some Roman soldiers. And at some point in time, the soldiers accused Jesus of being a follower or accused Peter of being a follower of Jesus. And as we all know, Peter denied Jesus not once, but Peter denied Jesus three times. And 40 days later, and this is after Jesus was crucified and had risen from the dead and had ascended into heaven, 40 plus days later, on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit descended upon Peter and many others. God gave Peter a new heart and a new spirit. He was eventually filled with the Holy Spirit, and he was eventually used by God to boldly do great things for the kingdom of God. I'd like to share with you, um, there's a notebook in front of the fireplace. Again, prayer is not just talking to God. It is praying or talking with God. And in my prayer time, there will be thoughts that come into my mind. And these are godly spiritual thoughts. For those that are not godly, we just you know, push them to the side and we rebuke them. But for the most part, I receive a lot of um, intimate thoughts from God. And this could be thoughts regarding uh, my spiritual walk. They could be in regards to some decisions I need to make in my life. They could be in regards to uh, the material or the content that I need to add in to my uh, teachings for my own Bible study group or when I preach at church or when I preach today. Right? A lot of those thoughts I'm sharing today are in those in that notebook. But God, prayer is actually not only talking to God, but talking with God. If you believe that, say amen. amen. So church, spend time with God, get to know his heart and everything about him, fall in love with him. And when your heart is in sync with God's heart, expect God to move in your life in ways you never imagined. Ezekiel 11, 19 to 20, again, I will read, and I will give them singleness of heart, which means an undivided heart, and put a new spirit within them. I will take away their stony, stubborn heart and give them a tender, responsive heart so that they will obey my decrees and regulations. Then they will truly be my people and I will be their God. There are a few things. Again, the title of our message is How Does Your Heart Beat? And there are five specific questions that I'd like everyone to take away between now and the end of the day. I'd like you to reflect on these five questions. And really, it's not going to take you one hour. It's going to take you five, five to ten minutes. Just be honest before God. So the first question is, do I have a heart that is divided between the world and God? Secondly, do I have a heart that is concerned about what God is concerned about? Do I have a heart that is receptive and obedient to the word? Can I honestly say that God is my God? And that I am part of his people. Do I have a heart that is aligned with the heart of God? At this point in time, I'd like to invite the, the worship team and just sing um, 
this wonderful song that we sang earlier about us. I want to thank Pastor Vaughn for being here with us today. And I want to thank each and every one of you for being here with us today. This message about getting to know God's heart, it all begins with Jesus. How Jesus came to do that which no one else has done is that Jesus died on the cross for our sins so that we could be forgiven. And if you know that, but you've never accepted that gift that Jesus made possible through his death on the cross, then we want to give you an opportunity to receive that gift. It's as simple as praying a prayer that I would love to lead you in right now. If you want to scan the QR code that's on your screen or click the link that's in your chat room right now, if you scan that code, you click that link, it'll take you to a page with a very simple prayer on it. And it's not so much the words that we speak as the attitude of our heart that counts, but sometimes it, has, it helps have something to read, something to follow. And so I want to encourage you to click that link, scan that code, and it's going to take you to a prayer with a page, a page with a prayer on it that you can pray to ask Jesus for his forgiveness. And so if you need to do that right now, go ahead, click that link, scan that QR code, and I'd love to lead you in this prayer. And so that you're not doing this alone, we're going to ask all of us to pray this prayer together right now as a simple way to confess our need for God's forgiveness, our need for Jesus to fill our lives again. Praise God. Let's just do that right now. If that's you and you realize you need Jesus in your life, you need God's forgiveness for sin, then why don't you pray this prayer with me right now and say, Dear Jesus, thank you that because you love me, you died on the cross to pay for my sins. You rose again to give me life. Today, I open up my heart and I ask you to please forgive me of all my sins and fill me with your Holy Spirit. I place my trust not in what I do, but in what you've done for me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer and you meant that prayer, then according to the Bible, you are forgiven of your sins. You are a child of God. You are a citizen of heaven. You have a relationship with God, not based on what you do, but based on what Jesus Christ has done for you. And so a huge congratulations to each and everyone who prayed that prayer just now. And we've got some gifts to give to you. If you go to the bottom of that, that page that you prayed that prayer on, there's some links to some gifts we'd love to give to you. On top of that, we encourage you to keep coming to church. Every baby needs a family to grow up in. We'd love to be your spiritual family. On top of that, we encourage you to get back Baptized. Baptism is not a graduation. Baptism is a beginning. It's you simply saying, I know I'm a sinner who needs a Savior, and I thank Jesus for dying on the cross for me and being my Savior. And so if you have uh, you know, any questions about baptism, want to find out more about baptism, we'd love to help you with that. You can go to mythrob.info and press the baptism button as well. everyone. Welcome to Thrive Church. We're so glad that you're here and I hope you've enjoyed your time with us today. My name is Marizal. I will spend a few minutes to go through some announcements with you and what's coming up here at Thrive. If this is your first time visiting us, we would love to connect with you. We want to give you a Thrive stainless steel water bottle to thank you for spending your time with us. Simply visit mythrive.info and click new to Thrive or text new to 604-285-5770. We will mail the water bottle straight to your mailing address. We're so excited for those of you who prayed the prayer with Pastor JB earlier to receive Jesus today. We understand you might still have questions, so we want to send you a series of videos recorded by Pastor JB and Pastor Charlene that may answer some of your questions about Christianity. 
Other than the videos, we also have a beautiful Thrive Mug and a Starbucks e-gift card just for you. So if you've received Jesus today, let us know by texting BELIEVE to 604-285-5770 or by visiting mythrive.info and click I want to ask Jesus into my life. There's a simple form for you to fill out at the bottom of the page. Please fill it out and we will mail the gift package to you as soon as possible. If you're new to Thrive or still thinking about making Thrive Church your local church, we want to invite you to join us for Meet the Pastors on Zoom. It's the perfect way to meet new friends, ask questions and to know more about Thrive Church. Meet the Pastors on Zoom is the best way to start your journey here at Thrive. It's happening this afternoon at 1.30pm on Zoom. The Zoom information is on the screen or you can visit mythrive.info and click Meet the Pastors on Zoom. Drop-ins are welcome. Are you interested in learning more about Thrive and about who we are? If you answered yes, then TDS Level 1 is the right fit for you. TDS Level 1 is an online course for one hour on Wednesday, January 19th. For more information and to sign up, please visit mythrive.info. If you've already taken TDS Level 1 and 2 and would like to learn more about how to use your ability to serve God and build His church, then I'd like to highly encourage you to join us for TDS Level 3. It will be a six-week course and fully online. To learn more and to sign up, please visit mythrive.info. That is all for the announcements this week. Don't forget to give your tithes and offerings online at mythrive.info. Have a wonderful Sunday afternoon. We look forward to seeing you again next Sunday here at Thrive Church Online at 9.30am and 11.30am. Stay blessed.